Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Welcome to the Remastered Podcast, episode three. With Imam Ahmed Deeb. Today's topic is how is having self-mercy a form of worship? And I would like to introduce Imam Ahmed. He has been serving communities from a very young age, mashallah. He grew up in a scholarly family of Syrian immigrants. After finishing his bachelor's in psychology at the age of 19, mashallah, he traveled to Cape Town, South Africa. And that's where he completed his formal seminary training. He returned to the U.S. and completed his master's in Islamic studies and leadership at Bayan Islamic Graduate School. That's great news, by the way, because I have um, experience with Bayan, and I grew up from California, so it's a very oh, well-known Allah. institute um, out there. Uh, while serving as um, the director of the Islamic City uh, Society of Akron and Kent, which we confirmed is in Toledo, Ohio, correct? Uh, Akron is, uh, that's a different, yeah, community that I served before. It's in Akron, Ohio. LeBron James. Okay, so- <laughs> oh, okay, okay. That usually helps. Can, um, yeah. <laughs> okay. 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 MashaAllah. MashaAllah. So um, uh, he completed his master's in Islamic studies and leadership at Bayan Islamic Graduate School while serving as the director of the Islamic Society of Akron and Kent. And he's the founder of Iqbal Institute, a premier Quran learning institution specializing in elite instruction from the world's greatest world masters. Currently, MashaAllah, he happily serves as the Imam and Director of Religious Affairs at the Islamic Center of Greater Toledo. Where, where he resides uh, in Toledo, Ohio. Besides traveling and spending time with family and various projects in his free time, he continues to study the Islamic tradition through yearly sabbatical excursions in Egypt and England. Mashallah, that sounds exciting. Uh, Imam Ahmed, you have to let us know how the pandemic affected that. Yeah. And then he continues to provide the community with con- um, consulting to mosques across the country through his latest project through Mosque Incorporated. He loves collecting books and he suffers from a Japanese term denoting addiction to buying books that one has no time to read. And Imam Ahmed, you're going to have to let me know how we pronounce that because I didn't want to butcher it. I think it's Sunduku. Sunduku, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I believe so. so you like to collect books. <laughs> yeah, as you can see, right? That's <laughs> yeah, mashallah, this mashallah. Is not a, I didn't know there was a term for that. Yeah, there. Yeah, when I discovered it, I said, you know, finally someone understands me, you know? <laughs> Yeah, like you see a book, you have to grab it, but you never end up having time sometimes to read it. Well, you know, I think you, you, you uh, um, collecting books is a beautiful thing, even if you don't have time to read it. You're not going to read everything, but, you know, a, a, a library represents what you value, represents what you want to carry on to your kids and grandkids. So um, those are some of the other justifications that I've used to continue buying books that I will never read potentially. <laughs> Uh, thank you for being here with us today, Imam Ahmed. We're honored to speak to those, um, our listeners, our, those who are leading their community, especially during this time. Uh, it's hard to create a space that's a safe haven for all, but then having to do that during unpredictable times, it being the pandemic and, and post-pandemic, uh, some, some people are indoors, some people are still at home in quarantine, and then others are out and about. So during uh, this time, there are some challenges, though. We really appreciate all the work that you do and that you've done. And if you could speak a little bit more to um, the concept of mercy and um, it being, it's such a valuable topic. I think it relates to everyone and we and having the ability to discuss it at this time in Ramadan and, and, and even times outside of Ramadan, it's important that we have constant reminders um, of this mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you could uh, let us know exact, like from your from your perspective, how is having self mercy a form of worship? Like, why is that important for a person to have for themselves? Inshallah, Bismillah, Alhamdulillah, Salatu Wassalamu, 
ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa wala we begin as always in the name of god with the name of god the most merciful the most kind we ask him to send us peace and blessings upon our noble messenger muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and upon his honorable family and upon his companions may god be pleased with all of them it, it's first really important to understand the primacy of mercy in the islamic tradition uh, it is the theme that represents islam a lot of people say you know islam when when someone asks you what is islam usually our go to answer is islam is religion of peace when in reality the defining theme and you know the quintessential aspect of our religion is actually mercy um because mercy in an environment of mercy is what allows all of these other beautiful things like peace like justice too to be possible in their most balanced form and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam made that clear to us god made that clear to us in the quran i mean every single chapter in the quran begins with the in, in introduction uh and that is bismillahir rahmanir rahim right with the exception of one in the name of god the most merciful the most compassionate the most kind every single book has a introduction and you know if you've ever been to grad school or if you uh, uh you know even in undergrad you know how important an introduction is to the book right most of the time the introduction contains a lot of what will come later you cannot understand the chapters after without understanding the introduction and similarly Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim is the introduction to the Quran even in the surah that is called the introduction to the Quran which is Al-Fatiha right that's why Imam Ash-Shafi'i for example may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on his soul he considered the 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 basmala Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim to be part and parcel of the Fatiha like it's it's not a separate thing to the actual chapter again as an emphasis of the primacy of mercy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam when he tells us of the role of the prophet when he gives us the title of the prophet what is the title of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he has prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam has many names by the way um but there is one distinct title that represents who he is and what role he is to play and that is when Allah says ba'da a'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajim and we have not sent you for any purpose except that you be a mercy to all that exists now mercy okay is of course having mercy to others and that is very very clearly defined in our tradition Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam you are a mercy lil alamin in other words to everything the universes everything that exists and by extension right that is a commandment for us to follow the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said arrahimuna yarhamuhum arrahman irhamu man fil ard yarhamkum man fis sama that the those who show mercy arrahimun the most merciful will show mercy upon them so have mercy upon those on the earth god right will have mercy upon you and fi sama here it's a symbol that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is greater than you and everything else will have mercy 
upon you. And, you know, I'll give one more story, which I think is really, it shows us like how important mercy is. Where once the Prophet وسلم, was kissing his grandchildren, Al Hassan and Al Hussein. And in kissing them, showing them that love, one of the uh, companions, uh, companion, uh, companions who was like a Bedouin, he came up to the Prophet وسلم, and he told him like, you kiss your children, you know, like you kiss your family members. That's really, really weird. And almost in, in, in a form of boasting, he says, I have 10 children. I haven't kissed a single one of them. Right? Yeah, subhanAllah. And, you know, the Prophet ﷺ, but look at the response of the Prophet ﷺ, right? Sister Rafat, like, this is like, the response shows us the emphasis. He doesn't just say, of course I kiss my children, you should too. He says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, what does my religion, what does this religion have to offer someone whose heart is void of mercy? Like, in other words, your heart, doesn't contain mercy manifested in a way that the Prophet ﷺ described by kissing his grandchildren and children. What does this religion have to offer you? If your heart is not one that is merciful or trying to acquire mercy, this religion doesn't have anything for you. And subhanAllah, like when we see things like ISIS, we see absolute and utter perversions of our faith. I wonder, like, clearly you guys missed the introduction. You know what I mean? Like, clearly you didn't read the Basmalah. Because the yeah. whole point of the introduction is the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi or is God telling us, and of course, through the example of the Prophet Sallallahu everything that is read has to be read with a framework of mercy, right? And I, I think of perversions like that. And I think, subhanAllah, you know, what does this religion have to offer you? Like, clearly, if this deen is nothing more than uh, uh, violence and, 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 you know, armed struggle, right? All of the other aspects, it, what does this religion have to offer then, really? You know, and subhanAllah, like, this story is really important because it shows us that our deen and our entire system, our entire worldview, is predicated on the basis of mercy. All of it is predicated on the basis of mercy. Allah has told us he is Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. He chose his ultimate attributes to both be the exact same thing. To emphasize again to us, mercy is everything. Reassure. Yeah, right? reassure. And, you know, so that's a general introduction as the importance of mercy and mercy is of two types. Like I said, we just described the mercy that one has towards others and not just human beings. The Prophet ﷺ was merciful to the plants. He was merciful to the animals. I wanted to emphasize um, that concept that you um, are expressing and, and I want our listeners to be able to relate that mercy encompasses everything. It's beyond yes. a limited reach and there's no exceptions to that level of mercy uh, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we see it embodied in the Prophet وسلم, and we see it embodied in the stories about the Prophet and how he you know, interacted with others and the wisdom and the advice he would give um, throughout his prophethood. 
Um, but that you mentioned a really strong idea, the, the piece about self-understanding and self-compassion and, and having mercy uh, towards you know, yourself as well. It's not just having a mercy is not just something that's outward. It's also inward. It's internal. And, um, you know, a lot of times our listeners can relate to the idea that we are very hard on ourselves, that um, we are unforgiving, we're unmerciful, we hold ourselves to a standard that may not be um, something that we can reach and therefore it hinders our growth Mm -hmm. or hinders our worship or hinders our well-being. Um, So what are some things to remember when we're embodying that self-understanding, self-mercy, having that compassion aspect towards ourselves as well? Yes, very, very, very good point. Look, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam have, you know, there are so many, there's countless ways in which self-mercy is alluded to and, and addressed. And look, let's start with an analogy for us to just understand. If every time you try something and maybe you don't get it right the first time, you tell yourself, you're a failure, you're never going to make it. If this is your mentality about trying something and not getting it right the first time, and then someone that's very close to you comes to you and says, hey, I tried something. I didn't get it right the first time. Can you help me? How will you be able to show them or give them what they need when you, your response to yourself in that same situation was your failure, right? You don't deserve success. So subhanAllah, you know, self-mercy, we can, we can almost say is a prerequisite for our ability to have mercy towards others. What is within us manifests, right, to those around us. This is why the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, right, that in fil jasadi mutra, that in the the body there is a lump of flesh if it is sound then the entire body is sound if it is corrupt the entire body is corrupt and just as an extra emphasis he uses a rhetorical device in saying like obviously this is the heart so in other words You know, a lot of us don't read this hadith in this way, but it's very important. The Prophet is teaching us not that our heart needs to just be filled with beautiful things, right? But he's also teaching us that it impacts everything else, right? It impacts how we function. It impacts how we treat others. And so if you're constantly, you know, battering yourself, subhanAllah, if you're constantly abusing yourself, how are you going to be there for those who are abused? How are you going to be there for those who are struggling? How are they going to be there for those who need you to tell them, look, you didn't get it right the first time. It's okay. Be merciful. Yeah, that's beautiful. Allah, subhanAllah. Like when, you, when you're referencing the heart as being um, the, the key essentially to, um, to that um, self-preservation, to that understanding that uh, everything that you do is for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I think it's uh, it's really important that we remember that uh, as as you mentioned, the Prophet وسلم, he is the mercy of mankind. And he would showcase that mercy to everyone and no one falls short of his mercy. So uh, remembering and having our audience re- uh, remember that, you know, whether they be youth or community members or leaders, 
that that mercy is internal to ourselves, but then also maybe the next level of mercy is having, um, immediately the next level would be having that mercy towards others to understand that there are times where we might put pressure on some, someone else that we don't realize we're putting this level of pressure uh, to someone else, but remembering that when we're scrutinizing and we're critical or maybe even to a level of judgment, we are affecting their heart. We are affecting that purest part of them. And so we have to um, recognize that um, it's our responsibility, especially those in leadership positions to um, purify our hearts and ensure that we're allowing an opportunity for others to purify their hearts. So can you speak a little bit, um, especially um, so our listeners can benefit, the advice you would give to those who've taken responsibility, responsibility of leadership and um, what, what's the best reminders for them in terms of dealing with others and, the, and themselves truly when it comes to, um, you know, the purification of their heart? Yeah, that's a great, um, that's a great question. I mean, subhanAllah, there's so, so much that we have to keep in mind um, as uh, leadership. But, you know, we can really just go back to this general principle is that you must have mercy must have mercy you must embody mercy you must be thinking about mercy in every interaction someone comes to you for help how can i exhibit mercy in my interaction with them every situation is going to be different right and so the advice for whether you're counseling someone who's just recently abused to you know uh, uh leading a small group that's organizing a party for aid at your masjid right every single context is going to be different every situation is going to be different but I would say, um, number one, self-care is self-mercy. We like using the term self-care a lot, right? Self-care is self-mercy. That is the, the element that allows for healthy self-care. Because, you know, we also don't want to fall into extremes where, you know, self-care becomes self-obsession, right? But when we, when we talk about self-care being self-mercy, it means understanding and internalizing that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said every single child of adam okay and eve is one who is prone to making mistakes and the best of those who make mistakes are those who turn back to wabun those who turn back to Allah. Why is this the framework for self-mercy? Because we are not required to be perfect. That's not our role as human beings. Allah didn't create us to be perfect. In fact, he told us in the Hadith Qudsi that if my creation, God says, if my creation were perfect and didn't make mistakes, I'd wipe them all out. And I'd create human beings that did make mistakes just so I can forgive them. And that what's really beautiful about that. Yeah, tell me. Uh, what, what's really, really beautiful about that. This is actually the second time uh, that reference has been made in our podcast. We had a session last week Mashallah. speaking um, uh, to forgiveness as a concept. And I think um, it, it's really important that our listeners really hear that. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is there for every single person regardless of religiosity, regardless of practice, regardless of um, our sins or our flaws or our faults, and to have this concept in our brains that there's nothing that can be done that makes us hopeless of Allah's mercy. 
And that we should always remember, and I want our listeners to really focus on this concept that there, you're never too far gone. You're never too far sin. You're never too far in a hopeless position where nothing can be changed. All it takes is you turning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that moment and seeking that forgiveness and having that mercy on your soul so that your heart can be as full as purified self. Absolutely. And um, I really want to like um, ask and then and maybe um, give you a little bit more time to speak about um, how in our community, uh, we should all step up and be there for each other. It, it being Ramadan also, it's a very, very personal time for everybody and to take advantage of it um, and really speak to the idea that how these moments um, that people might struggle with, struggle with the concept of unworthiness or uh, disappointment or mm-hmm. self, self-hate even to the extent of self-hate. Yeah, um, what is your advice to, for us to learn together and um, probably put together an action plan or some go-to advice that we could give to our viewers about the concept of mercy? The best way to embody it today, like not to say I'll do it tomorrow or I'll figure it out or, you know, sometimes we delay um, our, our worship because we don't feel like we're at our best, right? But I really want our listeners to walk away and be like, no, today's the day I'm going to be my best. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to be really cliche <laughs> with my action plan. Um, yeah. Cause you guys look, everyone who's listening, you guys know the importance of, of, of mercy. Like you, you, you know, it's, it's, it's part of our Dean. We talked about it theoretically. Um, you know, we have a framework. It is the framework of our worldview. How can we embody it? Well, again, very cliche, but do you know the prophet? It's just a simple question. Do you really know our beloved? Because he is the ultimate embodiment of mercy. How did he treat people? Are you revisiting those stories? Are you trying to implement them? That when a Bedouin came and grabbed him to the point where he cuts his neck and says, Oh, Messenger of Allah, give me from the money that God has given you. He didn't slap him in the face. He didn't say do you know who I am? Are you crazy? Like I'm the messenger of Allah. He didn't do any of those things. You know, um, how did he treat people? Are we, do we know those stories? Like, do we know what happened when someone came into the mosque and urinated in the prophet Sallallahu masjid? And when everyone wanted to pounce on him, literally, they got their swords out to that, to that extent, the prophet Sallallahu told them, don't touch him. And he grabbed him to the side and he said, this is not the place for that. And he talks to him about it. I mean, this is, do we know these stories? Do you know your prophet, وسلم, Because you cannot embody mercy unless you know how it is to be embodied by the greatest of creation. He is our reference point. We don't uh, Google. Yeah, he is our teacher. He is our example. We follow in his footsteps. So, you know, number one, and really most importantly, especially in leadership, sometimes we think, oh, we've heard these stories, you know, in so many halaqas, so we're not going to revisit it. You should be doing a khatim of the seerah of the Prophet at minimum once a year. You do a khatim of Quran once a year, you have to do a khatim of of the seerah because the seerah is the backdrop of the Quran. You can't understand them. Uh, um, second in hand exactly you understand them in unison together so number one 
learn about your Prophet Read Shama'in. There's an amazing book published by Imam Ghazali Institute with commentary, beautiful commentary, right? And, you know, in addition to that, number two, very, again, cliche practical advice. It's cliche for a reason because it actually works, okay? Yeah. Have righteous company that can remind you and bring out the best in you, okay? If people around you are not those who are telling you, it's okay, don't give up. Look at all the amazing things that you've done. Don't get down on yourself. Look at all the beauty. If you don't have friends like that, get you friends like that. And if your friends, the people you are spending most of your time with, are not those types of people, they're not people who are encouraging you, they're not people who are making sure they're holding you accountable to yourself for you to show self-mercy to yourself. If you don't have those people, get people like that. Because they are the greatest reminders of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Righteous company is what allows us in very practical terms to embody a lot of the beautiful theoretical concepts that are in religion that are not meant to be theoretical alone. But sometimes, right, we need that to be modeled for us. Okay, so part of spending time with righteous company is not just righteous friends. It's spending time around people who embody mercy. Your mother, <laughs> your parents, uh, uh, your teachers and shiyukh and imma and sheikhs, those people that you see, subhanAllah, look at their kindness. They, and, and how do you know someone embodies mercy that, that you can spend time around them and get that? Well, go back to stay, step one, stage one, right? You got to know the beloved, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Once you know, right? Once you know how he interacted, once you know how he embodied mercy, once you know how he treated other people, and once you understand how he taught us to treat ourselves. And I'm sorry, I'm going to digress for just a second because this is a really, really important story, you know? Sometimes we get so down on ourselves and I posted something recently about like, I hate when people start using terms like Ramadan Muslim. I think it's, it's, it's just void of any emotional intelligence. It's utterly disrespectful to the spirit of the pro prophetic character. You know, when it's the- discouraging. It's discouraging, it's overwhelming discouraging. Yani, for someone to hear that, yeah. And, and it, you know, subhanAllah, after I posted, I got so many messages of people like, look, we get the wisdom but it's soul crushing. It makes us even less able to have mercy upon ourselves, which we defined, it helps us have mercy towards others, right? And the story that I just wanna mention that I think is really, really powerful and important is when Handala, one of the companions, would go out in the streets once and he would start, he was so distressed, he started speaking to about himself in the third person. <laughs> he said, like uh, he has become a hypocrite. And he was so distressed that he was doing this publicly. And Abu Bakr, عنه, the greatest male companion after the Prophet, the greatest male companion, period, uh, 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 around the Prophet, وسلم, goes to Handala and he says, What's going on, man? How are you feeling? He says, Look, when I'm with the Prophet, وسلم, my iman's incredible. When I'm not, my iman dips. I have to be a hypocrite. Like I've come to the realization, this could only mean one thing. And Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he told him, 
I feel the same thing. Let's go ask the Prophet وسلم, See what he did? Like smart. Let's go. Let's go to the Prophet وسلم. He can tell us, right? We shouldn't just, uh, um, you know, get down on ourselves to the point where we do it at the expense of what our religion teaches us how to be with ourselves. He goes, let's go to the Prophet وسلم. And they relay to the, the, the story to the Prophet وسلم. And what does the Prophet وسلم say? He says, if your faith was the same with me, Right. If you experience the same thing at all times that you experienced in my presence, you would basically go crazy. Angels would greet you in the streets like, you know, you'd start <laughs> you'd access parts of the unseen world. You probably don't even have the capacity to, you know, in other words, he tells them We're not built to be like that. You're not yeah. built to be that way. An hour for this and an hour for that. And so the Prophet very clearly taught us. We have to be easier on ourselves. And let me just relate this to Ramadan. This is why I hate this whole idea of Ramadan Muslim. Because mm -hmm. it's just like, you know, what happened to the, you know, the, the most, one of the most important principles of our religion is actually revealed. It's an ayah it, uh, in the same page that talks about Ramadan. And in fact, it is revealed in the context of Ramadan for those who like to discourage people that are not as religious as you'd like them to be, mashallah, with your own subjective projections, right? Re remember that the verse, that is revealed in the context of Ramadan. God wishes ease for you, does not wish difficulty for you. Fiqh, Islam, the religion is not meant to make your life miserable. Religion is also not meant to make your life always convenient, by the way, because convenience is a danger to the soul. When everything is just, oh, it has to be convenient at all times. It has to be easy for me to make it, it has to be happen. Easy. Yeah. That's not what yusur means, right? Yusur is ensuring we are not placing unnecessary burdens on ourselves. This is self-mercy, right? So... Know your beloved, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and spend time around people who model mercy. And number three, because like I said, I'm going to go all cliche and practical with you. Once you've been able to do that, what do you think you should do? Well, make it a habit. Set some mercy goals, okay? So we know that our entire... Uh, framework for spiritual self-development, for spiritual development and spiritual growth is what? Muraqaba, mujahada, muhasaba. Having self-awareness. Oh, okay. You know, I noticed that I'm very quick to react with anger. Is that a sign of mercy? No. Yeah. Okay. So you know what? I'm going to make a plan because of muraqaba. I'm aware of this. I'm aware that I need to resolve it. I'm going to make a practical plan. I'm going to you know, I, I used to lie as a teenager, you know, Purification of the Heart, that audio series when it just came out by Sheikh Hamza, I, I think changed my life, you know? And I remember as a teenager, I'd write on my hand, like, do not react to your sisters. <laughs> <laughs> like, as a reminder, that was my plan. I'm not saying you should have the same plan. I'm saying I made a plan to be, to have taqwa, to you be mindful. Set goals. Exactly. Yeah. Taqwa is being not, taqwa is being mindful of Allah, right? and making sure to do what he told us to do and not do what he told us not to do. But see, you cannot be mindful of Allah without being mindful of yourself and your own mistakes and your own shortcomings, but also your own beauty and ability and capacity. So 
you know, make a plan. Mujahada is strive to activate that plan. Okay, you know, like b- before I uh, I have a meeting with anyone that I think I'm going to react to, I'm going to recite some dhikr to remind myself not to react. Okay, mujahada, you work at it. Muhasaba, which means what? Self-assessment at the end of your day. Yeah. Right, all right, look, I still reacted. This guy's really getting on my nerves. He's triggering all of these triggers, right? That other people don't trigger as much. I need to be even more aware of these triggers. Revise the plan, rinse and repeat. Okay. Thank you so much, Imam Ahmed B, for the, uh, you know, for for your wisdom and your beautiful stories and your thoughts. Um, I truly benefited, and I hope our listeners are able to walk away. Um, be proud. Uh, be a proud Ramadan Muslim. Be a confident um, a person, agent of change, a person who wants to change what's in their heart by knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, knowing the Prophet and recognizing that we are all worthy of worship. I look forward to having you back again. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us as well. See you on the next episode. Barakallahu feekum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah from the Remastered Podcast. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. Thank you, Imam Ahmed. It was really, really informative. I really appreciate it. Um, it comes at a beautiful time in my life too. I'm teaching my, um, every year my kids and I, I have um, four kids and three of them are a little bit older, nine and seven and four. So every year we do a nightly dua. Um, they pick a, a name from, you know, a hat or a jar mm. and we have 30 days of dua. And uh, we're just teaching them really that um, Allah is near. I want mm-hmm. them to know that. I want them to know that beyond every other ritual, um, prayer is important, fasting is important. Yeah, Those yeah. are not optional. I want you to remember that when you struggle, Allah is near. That anything you want, whether it's a toy horse, or you want to go to the beach, Definitely. or you want to think of your future, Allah is near, and that He will answer every every call that you make to oh, Him. Absolutely. Um, so I really appreciate that. Jazakallah khairan. This is great. Thank you guys for having me. Inshallah. I'm there looking take forward care, to inshallah. other sessions. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it, and you take care. Inshallah. Wassalam. Assalamualaikum. Take care, brother.